Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you to join The Big Show coming up tomorrow from 3 to 6 at The Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. The Warehouse. Uh, Gordon had to uh, go um, do some trib biz here for a couple minutes. He, he should be actually back here very shortly. But he had to do his business. Sven at the Tribune on Twitter tweets at me. He says, I bet you could travel 55 miles to Daytona Beach faster than you could get to a beach in L.A. It might be only 10 miles, but it's going to take you three hours. Yup. I don't know. And Clint actually did the, the computer work here and says it's legit an uh, one hour drive away. You could stay in Orlando and easily go to Daytona Beach. You could easily go to the beach. And Sven's right about that L.A. thing. It depends on the beach and the time of day and the day of week and which freeway you take, frankly. Frankly? But yet I get mocked for suggesting that if you're in Orlando, you should take the short jaunt to Daytona Beach and go to the beach. An hour's not short. And it's not a jaunt. An hour's pretty a jaunt. short. That's All a right, jaunt. So from here to uh, Nephi's a jaunt? Yes. That's not a jaunt. You That's made, hell. You made the jaunt to Brigham City today. Well, that was, especially where I live, that is a jaunt. It was only 30 minutes from where I live. But All right, let's let's uh, let's get to an interview. Hans Olsen uh, had a chance to sit down with a defensive coordinator at BYU. I have no idea with, uh, if they were sitting. I kind of doubt it, but had a chance to uh, chat, with him, chat with the man. Here's Hans with E2 Iaki. Have an opportunity to catch up with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. E, how are you? Doing well, thank you. How'd practice go today? It was good. It was good. Good grinder day. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the development at the middle linebacker position. We've we've got uh, several guys that we like. Um, you know, it's it's still kind of a work in progress, but we feel comfortable with with the guys that we're working with as far as um, getting them into the game. It's just it's just figuring out who the guy's going to be as far as a starter. There's a there's a lot of good names and we have good depth, but just hunkering down and, and picking the guy right now they're still battling are you waiting for the one to surf to, to, to just surface or and and how many is it between right now how many names or how many uh Kavika Fonua um you know Jackson Kalfusi Keenan Peely uh Peyton Wilgar are the main guys that are rotating there those between those four so uh a lot of young guys a lot of young guys and then yeah. Kavika yeah, <laughs> so yeah. kind of a different mix. Um, how has Kavika made that transition? You know, he's he's natural coming back to our side of the ball, but he just hasn't completely been healthy. And so um, we know what he can do. We trust him because he's played in the defense for a full year before he went over. Um, it's just some of those younger kids are a big, big upside. And so we like to see that thing just develop a little bit more. It feels like the outsides are pretty sealed up with some depth too, where you where you've got Zane and and Isaiah who come back yeah yeah i'm um, having those two back is huge and and uh the guys behind them uh you know they're 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 good they're good backups right now and they're gonna have bright futures in our defense in the, in the future but um yeah we're, we're, we're happy about the depth at backup for sure i know one of your passions is d-line um i know you've had amazing success as a defensive line coach and you've really raised a lot of great rushers in your in your stint uh through your coaching history um 
talk about some of the guys that are developing and, and what you're seeing from some of the edges and, and the and the rush that you're getting off the edge? Yeah, like uh, you know, I, I think I think Devin is going to be really good for us just rushing off the edge. I think he's he's got a role in our defense right now. Um, you know, some of the other guys are battling with him, but I think he could be a guy that's, that's dangerous off the edge. And Zach Dahl right now is, is also one of the most dangerous guys off the edge. And so we're excited to have those two. And you know, the other guy, we've got Trajan Peely. That's uh, that's always been a good serviceable guy for us, and and has a role and does a good job as well as uh, you know uh, Lopa. Uh, Leotawa and Alden Tofa and so there's there's some guys but as far as just um, edge rushing guys I mean Devin Devin's uh, in a league of his own right now at least on our team so uh, quite a bit better than he was last year I mean obviously those Kafusis it's like they bloom late and they progress quick at this level and, yeah. and Devin's kind of on that path yeah I mean we've got him for three more years and uh, he's got a little bit of experience being behind his brother last year but now that there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, I think he's taken to it well, as well as just doing a good job. I mean, just his body, because he's not playing basketball and all that other stuff like Corbin did, his body's come a long way, and he's going to be a dangerous guy. I know that early on and, and back into spring, you've lost some corners. Um, guys that are, you know, either red shirting or, or guys that have left or guys that are injured. Uh, right now, how, how confident do you feel in your corners and your corner depth? It's you know, um, I don't I don't think that question will be answered until game day when we're out there playing. I mean, there's there's been some guys that have shown some things, but it's just hard to simulate a real game, you know. And so um, George Udo's shown some things, and um, you know, uh, Javel's shown some things, but it's just they're just young. I know Shimon Willis came in kind of late as a transfer. Was he here during spring? Uh, he was not. He was not with okay. us in spring ball. He just joined us for fall camp. Uh, but he's been out here through fall camp. Yeah. Yep. And he's competing, of course, yeah. for that position, too. Yep. Um, so you, it sounds like you've got some athletes at that position. You've got some guys. You've got some guys. Them. They're all young. That's, that's the only thing. And mean. then this transfer that just got admitted, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, that was – I wish we could have him a little bit, a little bit sooner, yeah. obviously. But uh, What do you miss, you know, nine practices? I don't Eight. know how many we're at now, yeah. How, 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 how harmful is that? Oh, it's huge. I mean, to, to get a guy that is uh, is ready and and uh, you know is here in town and just waiting to kind of get in. I mean, that's that always that's always tough on the team. Um, you know, I know the administration got has they they go through whatever they go through, but for us as, as a team, I mean, that's it's hard because now he's kind of getting acclimated just to, to the altitude, to the weather, to learning the defense. I mean, he wasn't able to be in meetings or any of that stuff. It's just now you know he is at practice ten or nine or ten where. You know, he looks like he's practice one because he, he really is just that far behind right now. Yeah, because you actually have to start in no pads. You have to start in helmets for two days, and then he gets to go. And so, got to follow the rules. And, and that sets him back even further. You, you know me. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a rule keeper. I know you are, man. I know you don't mess around. Uh, yeah, Coach Tuiaki, I appreciate you. And uh, watching you close, and good luck. Appreciate it. There you go. That's defensive coordinator from BYU, Coach Elisa Tuiaki. Interesting stuff. Uh, I expect BYU's defense to be pretty good this year. And they've got a, a defensive-minded head coach. Kalani and Coach Tuiaki have been together for a long time. There's no doubt that those two are going to be on the same page. Uh, I think they've recruited well. But once again, with BYU, the, the big question mark is 
and probably will always be the cornerback position. And can they find the athletes to to get the job done? And they've had some people, and you heard him talk about it, leave the program. And they've got a lot of young guys that they're going to rely on to to step up and and uh, and do the job. But it's it's tough to run the ideal Kalani Sataki defense if you don't have. The, the guys out on the edges that can lock down opposing receivers. And especially in Austin, I know you and Tony uh, talked about, and I thought it was an interesting conversation, maybe we can uh, steal it from you in the 5 o'clock hour, but ranking the opponents uh, today for Utah and BYU. And I think that the Tennessee game is more winnable for BYU than the USC game. And this might be a big part of the reason, because have you seen the wide receivers at USC? I mean... They're awesome. Awesome. Deep. There's there's four guys that are absolutely incredible and probably four more that could step in and do the same job. So is BYU going to have the personnel that they can lock down USC on the outside? It's a and, good point. And it depends on what kind of offense they're running. I don't know if this goofy air raid crap is going to work at USC, but they've got receivers. I mean, they've got playmakers on the outside, and that's going to be tough. And BYU's historically struggled with speed. Yep. Uh, uh, from an opposing offense, yeah, certainly. And that's, I think I had Tennessee uh, fourth, USC third. I believe ten, uh, Tony had them reversed uh, from that USC fourth, Tennessee third, mm. uh, in that order. But uh, you know, we're talking about splitting hairs at that point. But one of number those one personnels, the, number one being the toughest, by the way, just to reset the convo. Sure, yeah. yeah. And we, Tony and I, both had Utah, by the way, as BYU's toughest opponent. Do you agree with that? I heard you. I heard you guys say that, and. I think yes, I do. I don't. I think it's pretty close. But you you got to say who who do you think's better, Utah or Washington? In my opinion, it's Utah because I I don't think Washington's going to be as good as uh, as others think. Oh, I'll tell you where I really disagreed with you. I think it was you anyway. Oh, probably uh, Washington State. I think Washington State's better than Washington. Okay. So you because so you I had, had Washington State like Utah's seventh hardest game or something like that. Uh, fifth, I think. Was but it yeah. fifth? But, but anyway, I think Washington. Because I'm always big on Washington State. I think the North is going to come down. Not as big as you though. No, I think the North is going to come down to Washington State and Oregon. They're a playoff team, is what you heard. That's what I heard you say. They were Wazoo's per- a playoff team. They this were pert near a playoff team last year. Yep, pert near, pert near. They won 11 games last As year. As were like 17 other teams. I, I got you. I'm, I'm <laughs> exaggerating to make a point. But they you think have, they'll struggle more with Wazoo than Washington, yes, the Utes? I do. Really? Yes. Washington, won, Washington State won 11 games last year, and Mike Leach thinks they're going to be even better. But they don't have you, you. They certainly don't have the depth that Washington does. It doesn't matter when you have a cute little system that evens the playing field to get okay. back to this whole d- discussion. Which, where is that game? In Salt Lake, right? It is, Washington and State. And UW is in Seattle. In, in Seattle. Maybe that evens it out a little bit. But I think Washington State, I guess, let me put it this way. I think Washington State will finish ahead of Washington in the standings in the north. That'd be interesting. Not a lot. You might be the only person uh, along with Mike Leach to think that. Uh, uh, uh. There's, there's one other guy who does some morning radio right here in Salt Lake City by the name of Patrick Kinahan who thinks the Washington, Sun Devil? Who thinks Washington State's going to win the North. It's not crazy. They, 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 Mike Leach says they think we're going to get our heads kicked in. We don't. We go out there, we win games. As long as Jabru doesn't fall on his face, they're going to be really good. Uh, a lot of people are going to have their eyes open to Jabru. They haven't been paying attention to Big Sky football. I think he's going to be good enough. I mean, maybe not Minshew. I mean, Minshew's from an SEC type and, situation. And Minshew turned out to be really, really good, like way beyond expectations. 
But the team is better. They're basically bringing back the same team. The team is going to be better. And so if Jabrut isn't just dreadful, I think Washington State's going to be really, really good. All right. Uh, we do want to remind you about our good friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Take the bus tour. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking. More straight ahead. Dirk Facer joins us from the Des News, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Riley Jensen joining us, College Football Insider. When you play the quarterback position, if you're not somewhat mentally tough, that position will chew you up. I don't think Tyler Huntley or Jordan Love or Jack Wilson are not up to the challenge. I think all three of them are high-quality quarterbacks for different reasons. Because I analyze quarterbacks and because I do those sorts of things, I can be a little bit nitpicky. But if you're just backing up to the 30,000-foot level, I mean, these are three high-quality quarterbacks in the state right now. In fact, I could argue that it's just three high-quality quarterbacks that we've had in a while in the city of Utah. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, Ryan from The Dish Professionals. And hey, we're talking Pac-12 football. And if you're going to watch that Pac-12 season play out this year, you got to have the Pac-12 network and all sorts of other things if you're going to watch every football game you want. And good thing Ryan from the Dish Professionals is here to help us sort it out and save us some money. What's up, Ryan? Yes, uh, we are. We've got some cool stuff. And, uh, you know, it's been fun seeing the expressions of uh, a lot of people's faces when they come in and actually take me up on my offer. Check out the Dish system. See how much better it really is. I mean, I, I talk about it every every day, but, uh, you know, if you want to come down, you want to see how fast it is, how many cool little features are just built in. There's 17. Dish has 17 features that nobody else, cable, everybody else doesn't have, and we're going, like, on some cool ones, like Remote Locator, um, the primetime, anytime feature it automatically records all your locals and you can watch those. It comes back and asks you if you want to watch those commercial free. It automatically takes the commercials out. The Amazon Fire Stick working with the Dish Anywhere app where you can <clears throat> add an extra TV in your backyard or basement and it doesn't charge you a monthly fee. Or you can take the Fire Stick on the other side of the planet and have full access to all your shows, including your DVR content. Nobody else can say something like that. And now the new Dish uh, voice remote, which has gone a step further, which has the Google Assistant built into it. So now it searches all 80,000 movies that Dish has, all the shows, plus Netflix, plus now YouTube. Guys, it's the coolest receiver out there, and I got the coolest promotion. Listen, if you don't have the channels, you're missing a local channel, you're unhappy, you're paying too much money, let us save you money. We're talking lots of money. I've seen people like 80 bucks sometimes. Save you a ton of money, get you set up for free, get you the two-year promotion, the additional $240 of credits. I'll get you the NFL Red Zone, which I think is one of the coolest channels the NFL has free for the next season. And we'll throw in dinner at JCW's on top of it all. Call us now, 801-424-DISH. That's 424 Dish. Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. We'll have more straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Gordon, uh, we're hoping, will be back with us here shortly. He had some very important Salt Lake Tribune business to attend to, so he ran across the street. Convenient that our studios are right across the street from the Salt Lake Tribune offices. But uh, Gordon should be back here shortly. We're going to talk to Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. He covers uh, the University of Utah for the Des News. And uh, we'll get his impressions on uh, what's going on with camp, what's going on with the Utes, how he thinks they're going to be. Uh, very much looking forward to uh, talking to Dirk. I've uh, hung out with him, covered a few Ute practices during camp. It's fun, always fun to uh, catch up with uh, our boy Dirk, who does a terrific, terrific job uh, covering the team. So we'll ask him. And, you know, he doesn't get to see a whole lot, just like the rest of the media. So we'll ask him to guess. I'm <laughs> just, just kidding, kind of. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, Utes did practice uh, again today, and Kyle Whittingham, will ask Dirk about this, Kyle Whittingham did manage to uh, whittle down the kicking competition from three to two, and uh, being the special teams uh, guy that Witt is, you can tell he's uh, a little bit concerned about that, although he's, he's talked about how the kickers are as far along as Matt Gay was at this point in their career, so maybe that's something to think about. But joining us now, covering the Utes for the Deseret News, he is our good friend Dirk Facer. Dirk, what's up, man? Not much. I, I guess Gordon uh, couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen, huh? Well, uh, let, coming on. let me see how I how I can put this. Um, y- your paper is slightly responsible for why Gordon is not here. Let me put it that way. It's the, the free agent acquisition, or maybe it wasn't a free agent acquisition, but an acquisition nonetheless. An, an acquisition that was made, and uh, I believe they're they're uh, giving that acquisition a send off today. So Gordon wanted to be over there for a minute. Well, good. It's a good thing. It's uh, you know, getting Jay Drew is a, is a good thing for the Deseret News, and uh, and I'm glad to see the, the Tribune uh, sending him off with a with a good thing because he's done some good work over there. Um, speaking of that, I uh, saw on Twitter today you're going to get a little help on the old UP, huh? Yeah, we're kind of reorganizing things a little bit. So we got uh, Mike Sorensen and Jody Genesee are going to be part of Team Ute and. Uh, I'll still be the uh, the football beat writer, but I'm going to have a little help now, so it'll be nice. Well, just to let you know, our boy Gordo is uh, just getting back and getting situated, so I'm sure he'll jump in at some point on the interview. I wouldn't want you to be uh, blindsided there, Derek. No, no, I, I hope he has a big slice of cake in his hand or something from the party. Gordon, did you bring us? Did you bring us a slice of cake from the party? I I had no cake. No cake. It might have been wow. there, but by the time I got there, it was all gone. Oh, I see. They had already cleaned through it, huh? <laughs> what does this guy care about cake, anyway? Seriously, Dirk, you, uh, you're you looking svelte these days, my man. Good for you. Well, thanks. I'm, uh, you know, trying the body beautiful, and, uh, you know, being a handsome man, I thought I'd put the body with it uh, as well. We'll see what, what happens. Well, but thank you. You've accomplished that, my friend. You're the fittest among us, I think. Well, that's a fact. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm a distant third still, but I'm closing the gap a little. <laughs> All right, Dirk. What uh, what storyline this week in camp, or, or really, you can take the whole camp? But I'm I'm curious since you're you're all over pretty much everything up there. What storyline is really catching your eye? You know, I think the kicker thing is really big. I think that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, uh, Kyle Whittingham said they narrowed the field of candidates down from three to two today. But, uh, again, you, you have some guys that lack the experience and, and maybe the resumes of, you know, 
previous kickers, but uh, you're up there, Jake, and I think both of you are up there when you know Kyle said that these guys were uh, actually kicking at a higher percentage at this point of camp than Matt Gay was last year. Um, but we know that Matt Gay obviously uh, had two great years kicking for the youth. So I think that remains to be seen. That's been such a strong uh, thing for the youth the last couple of years. And the big question mark coming into the season. Dirk, do you think that defense is going to be as good as everyone thinks it's going to be, projects it to be? You know, it looks like it. You know, um, obviously the defensive line, you know, with uh, with Penasini and Anai and Foto, uh three strong guys right there, and then the a cast of uh, guys helping them, they should be okay. There's some question marks, obviously, at linebacker. Uh, you know, the Manny Bowen thing didn't help, but they're really high on Devin Lloyd and uh, Francis Bernard. And then the secondary you know, with Jalen Johnson and Julian Blackman, they, they look like they're loaded. So, yeah, on paper, the defense looks every bit as good. And uh, and maybe with that transfer of uh, Blackman from corner to safety, you know, maybe that'll make the defense just a little bit better than it was a year ago. Who uh, can we expect to see in the other outside cornerback position outside of Jalen Johnson? Has that really been decided yet? You know, there's an ongoing battle. They, uh, they obviously have... Uh, you know, a couple guys uh, that can fit into that spot. You know, they like to use the two linebacker set most of the time, but then, you know, in the packages where they need a third, uh, they're trying to develop some depth. They'd like to have six guys total that they can rotate in and out. And at this point, uh, you know, they have uh, four, maybe five, and that's ongoing. So that's something they want to get settled. And, you know, camp ends this week. They obviously have an extra practice week uh, next week. But, uh you know they're they're trying to get a few things settled. You know things aren't completely in stone at this point, but uh, they're getting there. And uh, the important thing is, is you know with Devin Lloyd being able to step into that uh, starting role, I think they feel pretty good about the starters. Dirk, how do you feel about having the Utah BYU game as the first game of the year? Is there are, are the are the teams getting benefits from that as far as grabbing the attention as opposed to playing a, a lesser school that uh, might not have that same effect? Yeah, I think there's a little more sense of urgency going into camp and all that. And, you know, as a, as a writer, and Gordon, you can attest to this, uh, the first game of the year being Utah-BYU adds a whole uh, other dynamic of the divided households, uh, red versus blue, and it can seemingly the story started months ago, and the the longer uh, build up to that, especially compared to last year when it was kind of thrust upon everybody at the end of the season. But um, you know, this is probably a more natural home as long as the teams aren't in the same conference. And uh, you know, it'd be neat if this could you know could become a tradition. But uh, in this day and age, uh, nothing set in stone in college football. Dirk Facer from the Deseret News with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dirk, outside of Britton Covey, what receiver is most likely to have a breakout year? You know, I heard you say Jalen Dixon's the guy they're talking big about. Obviously, he's their uh, long-distance threat. And, you know, earlier this week, uh, or maybe it was late last week, but Scott Whittingham said that Jalen Dixon's turning into, into an every-down receiver guy can be on the field and not just be a specialist to get the long balls and um, so they're really high on him and uh, you know he seems to be the guy you know that they're putting a lot of stock in he's only a sophomore I talked to him last week he's very confident 
a kid. He's uh, he knows he's fast, and he wants to use that as a weapon. And uh, so I think he's the guy to watch. Damari Simpkins every year it seems like we talked about. You know that you know he came with Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, kind of that triumvirate, and I think we've kind of been waiting for him to have a breakout season. But you know, last year uh, nobody had more than 32 catches other than Britton Covey. And they obviously need some of these guys that have potential to step up. It seems like every year there's a name or two that gets thrown out there, but it's going to have a good year. But right now they're really high on Jalen Dixon to to make that big step. You know, an ordinary guest I wouldn't ask this question of, but you being a wordsmith that you are, Dirk, I have to ask you. Absolutely. Because Jake and I somehow stumbled into a discussion. Oh, you're going to ask him about this. What? Uh, are you lacking confidence now in your position? Your your proficiency, <laughs> efficiency. Yeah, I mean, let me ask the question. Battle you know of the thought, cliches. Okay, I, go ahead. Hey, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure now. Yeah, like but good, good. I want to share it. But we were talking about Tyler Huntley and what he needed to be this year for the Utes. I said that his efficiency is more important than his proficiency. Namely, that it's more important for him to hit those passes that have to be hit in conjunction with the running game than to throw for a bunch of yards. Jake disagreed with me and thought it was more important for him to be proficient than efficient, and I just wondered what your thoughts were on the matter. Boy, is there a fence I can straddle and right, right in the middle there? I no. think there's points to be made on both sides. But <laughs> if I had to lean one way or the other, um, obviously he needs to be able to throw the ball efficiently, uh, you know, for the youth to be successful. And if you're going to throw efficiently, that would make you uh, that would bring you know, the proficiency into it, I think. So I, I don't know. How's that for a long answer? I, 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 I liked your. I liked the beginning of your answer better, and uh, you being. Uh, me too. I kind of fizzled at the end. I know. How, how long? Uh, how long you been writing, Dirk? How many years? Forever. It seems like this is uh, my seventeenth year in a row on the Utes. Believe it or not, so there's a and players been... on the team that were probably barely born after that. Uh, after I started, but uh, been a while. So you've been writing for a couple of decades, Jake. That's fair listen, to say. Listen, yeah. listen to the words, man. Uh, I'm listening, but I, I will say this, Dirk. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to give whatever you want, to answer you want to a question that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> so, I am scratching my head, and if I had hair, I'd be scratching the hair off my head. But yeah. it's, uh, right. it's, it's a head scratcher. So uh, I thought you nailed it. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, you've equally offended both of us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on the fence. I like both of you, and I'm sorry if I offended you, but uh, I don't know. I, that's, that's all I can say. I'm going to give a great answer. It is what it is, right? Well, Dirk, we love having you on the show. Thank you very much for making a few minutes for us, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Hey, thanks for having me on. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dirk. Dirk Facer covers the Utes for the Deseret News. I, I, I don't imagine Dirk minds us saying this, but I think Dirk has dropped I'd say a good 80 pounds. Oh, I would think so. He's he, looking great. He looks fantastic. Yeah, he does. Good on him because that ain't easy. You know, that's that's quite an accomplishment. 
Well, I'm working on uh, going the other direction, and that part is easy. <laughs> just, just go putting on a few pounds uh-huh. as you go. Yeah, that part that part is pretty simple actually. <laughs> going the other way, man, that that's tough. And, I, and when I give did him a lot the, of when did you crest and start going the other way? Was it when you got married? Oh yeah, I started putting on weight like crazy after because I got married. You don't you don't care about your you know physique uh, since uh, that uh, issue has been settled now. Yeah, exactly. She said yes. That's on her now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on her. To cook low-fat meals for you? Is that what you're suggesting? No, she can... Uh, well, by the way, we share in the cooking duties, know, by the way. You, what made, year you are said you it was on her. Oh, it was on her? Like, she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> I've told you this. I didn't buy my wedding ring several sizes too big in secret. All right. Well, you know, Naz and I need to really... We need to talk. Why? You're going to step in and try and sink my marriage? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Some things need to be sunk. Not, oh, hey. <laughs> hey, that wasn't very nice. I'm kidding. That wasn't very nice at I'm all. Kidding. Now my feelings are hurt. What happened to optimistic Gordon? Where'd <laughs> yeah, that, that guy go? That was now you're talking about sinking my marriage. <laughs> Great. All right, we're overdue. Uh, we've got uh, not sports port coming up next, so make sure and stay tuned for that. But right now, we we'll go over to Tony Parks, who's got a tour of Utah update for us. Tony. Thank you, Jake. The grueling climb to the end of Stage 2 took place with Ben Hermans of Israel Cycling Academy holding off James Piccoli to take the stage. Hermans made his final attack with about three and a half kilometers to go. Hermans was second overall in the race a year ago in 2019, stands at the top of the podium and at the top of the GC standings. He'll wear the Larry H. Miller Group of Company's yellow jersey. Piccoli is in second and 22 seconds back with Nicholas Egg in third. And Peter Stetna had a great ride today with an, uh, an attack in the later stages, but it did not hold up. He's in fourth, though, and Joe Dombrowski is in fifth. Ignacio Prado continues to have a great tour of Utah so far. Leads in the KOM presented by the Utah Office of Tourism. Umberto Marengo, the winner of stage number one, is on top of the Utah Sports Commission sprint jersey, and Joao Almeida retains the best young rider jersey, brought to you by WCF Insurance. Stage three, tomorrow, going from Antelope Island State Park to North Salt Lake, 86 miles, and it'll go with a Category 3 climb in the last 29 miles to to wrap things up. This tour of Utah update brought to you by Monster Hydro right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on The Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and it's that time of day. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we headed today? 
Well, we're headed to India, but before we get there, I uh, want to impress upon you, Jake Scott, and you, Austin Horton, parents of a young child, the importance of having your kids appreciate what they have. Okay. And make the most of what they get. All right. All right. Well, yeah, my daughter's all getting a job at like 10. <laughs> all our listeners out there, same with you. You know, grandparents, uh, you can do whatever you want with your grandkids. You can spoil them, right? But parents. Different story. Teach your kids responsibility and appreciation. Okay. The story out of India, and maybe some of you have heard about it, but a young man was turning 22. He is the son of a wealthy Indian landlord. Well, he requested for his birthday a new car. Mm -hmm. And not just any new car, but a Jaguar. He wanted a really nice new car. He wanted a Jaguar. Okay. Did he get? Did he get a Jaguar? A Jaguar? Did he? No, he did not. Did he get a Jaguar? He got a BMW. Okay, still nice. Still nice. But not nice enough, apparently. According to media reports out of India, this young man, uh, they only identified him as A-K-A-S-H. How would you say that? I don't know. Akash. Let's, Let's call him Al. Well, Akash allegedly was so upset about getting a BMW instead of a Jaguar that he pushed said BMW into the river, into a river. What? Pushed it right in as a sign of protest to his parents that they did not get him what he wanted. Now, said father, he claimed that uh, the young man was just driving down the road and avoided an antelope. And drove into the river. And drove into the river. You know, those antelope, they're pesky. Hey, they're a menace. And you got to look out for them. Sure. But the reports say he pushed it into the river. (laughs) Now, how would you react, Jake Scott? How would you react, Austin Horton, if your child, you gave them a a BMW instead of a Jaguar, and they pushed it into the Jordan River? I think I would say, son— I got you a new gift. <laughs> it's a wash tub, and it's full of wet cement. I'm going to need you to stand in it, and then I'm going to push you into the river. That uh, may be a little aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They did retrieve the car out of the river, police did, but it, now it's soaked. Yeah, now it's pertinent near ruin, I'm sure. So... Man, that's entitlement right there, huh? Sure is. That's, that's really the, the definition of entitlement right this there. This is what we want to avoid, is it not? No matter what's your station in life, no matter whether you're giving your kid a board game or a car, and they complain about the kind you get, 
Mm-mm. I think I would take all of her other possessions that I've given her. All of them. <laughs> all of them. Throw Clothes, them shoes, everything I've ever gifted to her, provided for her, and leave her with but an outfit that I've chosen that's something really embarrassing, like some uh, really uh, embarrassing sweatpants with uh-huh. a tutu and a, a beanie with a propeller on it or something, and that's all she has to wear every day of the rest of her life till she goes on on her own. Now, here's the, here's the else. thing. You want to teach a lesson. You want to... I mean, 22 is a little late to be learning this stuff, but you, you, you want to teach a lesson, but you want to express love, too. No, 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 not in this situation. No, no wait. The love is in the river. Wait, let me let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this. It seems to me that that twenty two is is plenty old enough to just cut, right? You just you don't want the beamer. Well, you now guess what? You're getting zero. Like that's a good point. You, well, you're you twenty two years old. You guys are talking so all big good now. Luck. Wait until Sadie comes up and snuggles up to you and starts winking at you. And- no, I got it. I got no, no, no. I got it. The the normal parent, you know, you, you want to get, but this type of behavior, don't you ruin all that feeling? Kind of when you're pushing a BMW. You get them that. a brand new BMW at twenty two years old. And they wanted a, how'd you say it? Sure. A jaguar. Uh, and pushes the BMW into the river. That's that's it. That, See, that, that, that all parental support from here on out is now null and void. Some of the, pro- Not some of the problem with this is kid could have just taken a BMW and traded the darn thing in or turned it back in. You know, because you can do that, can't you? And, and then take it or t- t- trade it in. Get the dang jaguar if you want it. Right, but this was a deliberate show of disapproval. I'm taking your gift because you didn't listen to me, and I'm just shoving it right into the river. Yeah, exactly. My my parents, and I'm in my late thirties now. I mean, they still do nice things for me from time to time. And do you say, it, "Oh, no, mom, that's no, nice of you, but that's really not what I wanted"? See, this is my point. Like, you can do nice things for your 22-year-old. That's not too old for a parent to do nice things for. But if you do something nice and they roll it into the river. Well, that's it. That, that's that's the line in the sand right there. That's it. I'm glad Austin's shaking his Austin's head. Austin's got with steam me. coming out of his ears. I, you know, I, I it, it, it is aggravating. It is. There's no excuse for this. Mm. I don't have, you know, but of the three of us, only one of us has experiences with. I have a nice car. So true. We have to de- we have to defer to you, you Godfather. Right. Well, I look, I mean, if I get, I, I don't care what I give my kid, if they chuck it in the river, then there's going to be a, a, a mighty serious discussion. Yeah, like you're out of the will, <laughs> and you get nothing from me ever again, and you're going to like and the it. the locks have been changed. Right. So, good luck. Mm. Drop me a line once in a while. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Uh, I I thought Austin and Tony had a really interesting conversation today, and I thought we, maybe we'd piggyback off that a little bit, talking about opponents for Utah and BYU. Yeah, all right. We'll get to that coming up right around the corner, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. BYU, they are going to have a good showing out there in Knoxville. No surprise. Was it 7,000 7,000. They're going to fill that place up. The comment that they have a power five fan base. My answer to that is yes, they do. 
They have a fan base across the country. They love to travel. They love to show up. It's absolutely awesome and good for them. They have money that is closer to G5 in terms of budget, access, things like that. But they absolutely have the fan base, the following. That's really something to go, yeah, we do have a national presence. Yeah, we do have a P5 following. We do have P5 size support. It's just a matter of now you need a P5 affiliation. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.